Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Darren, I've joined Trexpress Plus. Have you joined Trexpress Plus? Joined it. I am it. Well, we're, we're both it. <laughs> we, we don't need yeah, that, to join. We are part of the- Yeah, but I like listening to the episodes. I know you don't listen to the episodes after we record them, but I do. And the only way to listen to Deck 78, our uh, bonus subscriber podcast, is to join Trexpress Plus. Trexpress Plus not only ensures you get every free episode of Inglorious Trexpress, but our Deck 78 bonus episodes, as well as the Trexpress screening room, where you can join us and to Ashley Miller as we watch classic science fiction films in the privacy of your own home. We won't be there, but you can be in the privacy <laughs> of your own home while we screen them with you. Well, we'll, we'll be there when we screen them, but uh, not actually in, you know, it, look, it's the internet. You'll be, you'll be with us in spirit. Well, it depends what you're serving. If you have some good chicken nachos, I might come by and watch with you. But uh, anyway, uh, this is the Trexperts Plus, where uh, you get to uh, uh, subscribe uh, and um, have access to all this great Trek goodness. So hopefully uh, we can count on your support at trexpertsplus.com. And keep in mind, uh, when you're listening to Deck 78, that is on the Inglorious Trexperts Spotify feed. Um, you, it's not a, its own podcast. There is a Deck 78, but that is for old episodes that we're releasing to the public uh, after a few months. But if you want the exclusive Deck 78 podcast, you need to go to Inglorious Trexperts on Spotify, where you will have access to Deck 78 if you're a subscriber. It's a must-do. You have to help. You have to help. Isn't that what uh, Captain Kirk told Edith Keeler? Let me help. Let me, well, let me, let me subscribe. Let me subscribe. You know, I think that's what Harlan originally wrote in his original script. <laughs> but then it was rewritten by Gene Kuhn and Dorothy Fontana. He was very upset. He, he, he said, let me subscribe. It came so, to be more meaningful than even I love you. <laughs> Trexpressplus.com. Join today. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Dockerman. And if you haven't already made the trek, it's time to join us on our Kickstarter. Um, the Trexperts are getting ready to go to all the great Star Trek locations around the globe and perhaps around the galaxy. We and are we'll boldly, be boldly going. Not just, you know, weekly going. It's bold. Indeed it is, Darren. And we've announced some wonderful people will be taking the trek with us. Uh, just recently, uh, the, the lovely and talented Terry Farrell you know her as Dax from Deep Space Nine. She's going to be joining the Trek. And uh, when we head up uh, old uh, Star Trek Five-Way, Trona Peaks, uh, Cynthia Gao is on board, uh, Caitlin Dar, to uh, uh, mediate galactic peace between uh, the three of us. Because, you know, Darren and Ashley and I don't always get along, but when we have someone to mediate galactic peace, we're in a much better place. I suppose that's Klingon for yippee. <laughs> and there are some spectacular backer rewards, everything from challenge coins to pins to a chance to uh, actually join us on the podcast, as well as Ernie the Vasquez Rock. And that's my favorite. So I think you should hop on that right away 
And if you want to support our Kickstarter, you can go to makethetrek.com. That's makethetrek.com today and uh, grow stronger through the sharing. You'll be glad you did. We look forward to you joining us on this incredible adventure. Join us. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. This is Darren Docterman. And this is Ashley Miller. And we are the Inglorious Trexperts. And we are so excited. This week, we got a Troika of Terror. Troika. We got some a Troika. troika. Ah, a Troika of Trek. It's a Troika of Trek. How about that? It's a, a Troika of Trek. Originally, it was going to be Terry Metallus and Todd Stashwick together again. But as the three of us on this podcast know we were thrown, they threw us a few curves. About 15 minutes before we went on, they said, oh, Gates McFadden is going to join the panel. And we're like, awesome. oh, okay, great. That's great. Sounds great. Sounds great. It was great. And uh, no, it was great, but it was unexpected. So anyway, we did this terrific panel at Galaxy Con Raleigh with Gates McFadden, Terry Metalis, and Todd Stashwick. Now, the other curveball, of course, is... Uh, this was the first week of the uh, SAG uh, 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 strike. So um, SAG, unlike the Writers Guild, has very stringent rules about talking about projects you worked on. So neither Gates nor Todd could uh, specifically talk about the shows they worked on, Star Trek 
it, uh, in Gates's case, she couldn't talk about Hunt for Red October either. Um, Todd couldn't <laughs> talk about uh, Twelve Monkeys, but uh, but we, you know, that only made it more fun for us. That only made it more fun for us, and uh, it was great because it's always a good time to have uh, Terry Metalis. We love Terry and um, have had him on the show several times. And of course, Writers Guild rules um, are less stringent, so he's able to talk about the show, uh, just not at the behest of uh, the studio. So uh, he was a little more free to talk about things. But and there was uh, absolutely no writing done on this panel. <laughs> there was None no clearly, clearly, there was barely not even questions on this panel. We didn't even yeah. write any questions. We just kind of showed up and asked a few things as they came to mind. <laughs> such as it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's interesting because Terry and Todd obviously have such an easy rapport because they've worked together for so many years, having collaborated on 12 Monkeys. But um, obviously Gates is very fond of them both, you know. Um, I think she is so uh, thrilled about the opportunity she was given in Picard Season 3 because, of course... For so many years, she had the thankless role of uh, Dr. Crusher, where she didn't get really much of substance um, to do, you know? Um, Irish think, ghosts notwithstanding. Well, exactly. When she was given something, it was Turner the Screw with Irish ghosts. It was an Irish spring commercial. Uh, I mean, you know, her, her greatest <laughs> contribution, in a way, was uh, as director of Genesis, the seventh season, where she put an interesting spin on that episode uh, as a, uh, you know, as a former movement coach. I mean, we couldn't really talk about her work with Jim Henson too much because, again, that involved m motion pictures that she worked on. But we talked a little bit about... Um, you we know, talked a little bit about everything, basically. We talked a little. It was like, I like a little bit of, like, you know, what they call them. At the Chinese restaurant, the poo poo platter, get a little shrimp toast. Yeah, get no. little noodles. You get a little. You get a little. It's like a sampler no plate or an appetizer tray. No yeah, poo poo so. panel. Okay, well, but uh, but you know, and you you've done panels with her before for Otoy and um, yeah. and stuff, and she's yeah, lovely, right. and uh, and uh, of course so uh, see, she has she her own a, podcast. It was a welcome addition to our. Yeah, podcast. she was. She was, and you know, one of the one of the things was I have to say. Raleigh was a lovely place, hot as fuck, but it was really, <laughs> um, it was really delightful. And I, ha I have, you know, these Galaxy Cons, we were just having the best time. They treat us so well. Mike Broder puts on these amazing shows, but this, this, as good as Columbus was, as, as good as Richmond was, I think this was even better. Four days, fantastic guests, a great dealer's room. Stuffed to the gills with people. It's unbelievable. The turnout was just extraordinary. And, uh, uh, you know, we didn't really even know about these shows until in the, la in the last year. And, I mean, they're as big as, uh, you know, stuff on the coasts. Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. Know. In fact, they felt like, you know, just in terms of body per square foot, every bit as big as, uh, as Comic-Con. Yeah. It's obviously not the same traffic, but just... It was the intensity of it and the energy of it was was certainly there, and there was something like fifty thousand people a day. But the Star Trek actors were um, so busy the whole time, and that wasn't anything compared to the anime actors and some of the other people. It's it's so funny. I went up to um, I was talking to Joel McHale in the green room, who I know a little bit, um, and I said, uh, I said, oh yeah, I got to tell you, uh, we really are enjoying um, Animal Control. And he says, "Why do you sound so surprised? I'm in it." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, yeah." But it, no, it's it's good. It just it's uh, you know it caught us by surprise. We didn't think it would be as entertaining as this. And they they had a line 
in it, which is just great. He says, he talks about having taken um, Spanish at a community college uh, when he was uh, going to school, which was just great. This great little subtle community reference. He said, yeah, we had five different lines, but that was the one we went with. But, um, you know, we ran into a, a bunch of old friends. We saw Bill Shatner. It was great to see Bill. Got the old fist bump from Bill. Um, and, and hi to uh, Richard Dreyfus again. Yeah. And hi to Tell them about that, Darren, because, of course, you worked with him on What About Bob? I worked with him on two movies. I worked with him on What About Bob and the remake of Poseidon. Oh. Um, I didn't I didn't get to see him much on Poseidon, but uh, I definitely saw him a bunch on What About Bob. And he was, uh, you know, stress-filled days with him dealing with uh, uh, Bill Murray and uh, and poor Frank Oz trying to manage the whole circus. Um, mm. But uh, last time, last year, I saw him, I got my... Uh, I designed the What About Bob book, uh, Baby Steps, for the movie. And uh, I brought him a copy to sign that he had signed 30 years ago. And so I, I invoked the uh, reinscription clause. Uh, <laughs> the little known, seldom used yeah. reinscription clause. But uh, he was very sweet. Uh, he uh, he talked like he remembered. Uh, and that's uh, fine enough for me. And I, uh, I, I did the... I did the Richard Dreyfus laugh for him again. <laughs> and uh, he, he, uh, he enjoyed it. And uh, he said, you know, they, uh, they, someone put up on YouTube uh, a string of all my laughs. And it's hilarious. Uh, so <laughs> he was uh, in very good spirits. And he was again uh, this, past, uh, this past show. And it's always nice to see him. Now, well, you know, people- I've never met the man, but uh, I will say this much. That between Jaws and the Poseidon Adventure... Never get on a boat with Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, that's a, that's a given. <laughs> well, I have to say, as much as people are probably anxious to hear about Gates, Terry, and Todd, uh, our conversation, they're probably equally anxious to know where we ate in Raleigh, North Carolina, because, of course, the staple of the Trexperts is when we go on our Inglorious Live tour, we always uh, make sure to seek out the best in culinary opportunities and Raleigh was no exception I have to say but the this, food was but this may be a good way to string them along to listen to the uh, to the panel and then come back where we talk about our That's right. culinary exploits you you mean you don't want to tell them where we ate until we want to after. give them a teaser we want to tease we them to, we want to give them a taste them stay. a taste of yeah. Raleigh a taste of yeah. Raleigh. okay <laughs> well then without any further ado let's uh jump back to our panel at Galaxy Con Raleigh with Gates McFadden, Todd Stashwick, and Terry Metallis. Come with us now, if you dare. Listen in, won't you? But we are delighted to welcome some really great people here to talk today. And you all know that right now, we're dealing with a SAG strike and a WGA strike. So there are some limitations, but we've turned it into a plus. I think we can have a lot of fun, even with the things we can't talk about. So without any further ado, I want to welcome the showrunner of Star Trek Picard season three, as well as the creator and showrunner of 12 Monkeys, the great Terry Metalis. I want to welcome uh, the author of the comic book based on the great In Excess song, Devil Inside. Maybe it wasn't inspired by In Excess, but it's a great comic book. He's also a f fantastic dungeon master, and uh, he's expert at delivering speeches based on Robert Shaw monologues from Jaws, Mr. Todd Stashwick. 
And last but not least, an extremely talented choreographer. Uh, she is uh, 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 the host of her own podcast, Investigates, where she goes deep undercover, exploring various pop culture things. Uh, she's the president of the Brian Volk Weiss Fan Club, and we are delighted to welcome Gates McFadden. <laughs> Gates definitely wins the applause. <laughs> she does. Everything. We were doing a, a plasmometer, and she, she walked away with it. Well, I want to ask you, starting with you, Gates, um, especially after that entrance, what prompted, obviously you were a very successful choreographer. I was? You were. You were oh, doing, we can't mention the movies that you were doing oh, and stuff. Right. But... Um, and then you decide to make the transition to acting. What sort of precipitated that for you? Well, it actually wasn't that way. I uh, was uh, act. Well, I had got into professionally acting. I was always acting, and I did a lot of nonprofit and avant-garde and weird shit. And then, <laughs> but I never had an agent or did any of that until I was. Show like, us. <laughs> All right, babe. Later. Um, <laughs> But, but I got into it, and then I had been teaching at universities and theater departments and directing. I directed a lot of stuff. And then I suddenly started acting, and I loved it. It was like, oh, yes, I'm actually getting paid to do this. I love it. But Jim Henson, had, he knew that um, he wanted... He had seen me do a, a play called Cloud Nine, and I didn't, I didn't know he had seen it. So I had all of these things that he was looking for. I was supposed to act in this unknown, unspeakable film. And he also wanted a, a choreographer, and he also wanted someone to work with the puppeteers and be director of uh, puppet movement. But I wanted to act, and I had just had an incredible screen test with uh, Robert De Niro for Big, with Penny Marshall directing. And um, I also was in a play in New York, and I had just started filming something on TV. I was like top of the world, and I had a skiing accident and almost died. And so that's when I had already turned down doing the film with Jim Henson, and he kept coming back, and I went, yeah, I need money, I'll do it. And so that, it was not that I thought I was this brilliant choreographer. I was like, why does he want me? But I think that's how it happens. I have fallen into a lot of things, teaching, the podcast, it wasn't my idea. There's a lot of things that weren't, but I really do love acting and directing. Those are the two things I adore. Um, and I want to talk about your directing because you can talk about directing. That's a different guild, the DGA. <laughs> and um, they're, the one, they're the ones who settled immediately. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you really directed, I mean, you were handed a very difficult, logistically complex episode to make your directing debut on a show that rhymes with car wreck, right? Right. And um, a <laughs> lot of prosthetics. It was seventh season. Everybody's exhausted, ready to go home, ready to be done. And, uh, and you do a marvelous job. Oh, well, thank you. Actually, the big problem, I loved, loved it because I loved doing movement. I have taught a lot of work with actors on movement and improvisation. That's, I, I live with improvisation. So I was thrilled with that, and Mike, Mike Westmore, who is an incredible makeup artist, he did a brilliant job on everything. And all of the actors just went to, you know, home runs for me. But it was the earthquake that was the problem. 
we had an earthquake, yeah. so the costs, we, a lot of the crew people lost their homes. I mean, it was intense. So we had to do the filming, it was over several weeks, and so it, it got cost overruns, and uh, I don't think they liked that. But I, I personally, it was my favorite time in that whole first group of whatever that show was called, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but it, I loved it. But anyway, and Terry, who directed those last two episodes on another show I can't talk about, but oh my God, it was so great, so much fun. But he, you didn't turn anybody into Neanderthals, you turned people into Borg. In the first draft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, they all, and they were like, I don't think we should end Next Generation this way. <laughs> so tell us about, obviously you directed the, the, two, the last two episodes, as you had directed many episodes with 12 Monkeys, what were the challenges for you in sort of landing the airplane at that point? Oh my God, <laughs> so many. Uh, well, the biggest challenge it was, it, it, a lot of people don't know, but we made seasons two and three uh, all at once. So those of us who were part of season two were just already exhausted. And season three was its own kind of gigantic uh, chaotic animal and the um, you know just getting the Enterprise made the wait am I allowed to say Enterprise rent a car <laughs> made you're allowed uh, to say it. You I'm allowed say I can say it right, right, right. Was, okay, you can say it was a challenge so you know uh, we just didn't have the, the, the we, we wanted every one of those episodes to feel like a giant Star Trek Next Generation movie but you don't have those time and resources that so means you have to, you're working extra hard to do it so Going into those last two episodes, we were already exhausted. I mean, I think about um, you more than anyone. Let's be I, honest. I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was near, literally near death. But um, even the moment people go like, "What was it like being with your childhood heroes as they came out onto that bridge?" And I'm like, I don't remember. We had two days. <laughs> we only had two days to shoot on it. Normally, for the that amount of of of, of shooting, you would have a week on that ship and we only had two days to get both episodes nine and ten and some of those scenes as you know are the big emotional scenes when they come on it um, and it was just like everybody get on the bridge okay yeah yeah cry cry here we go okay we gotta shoot um, and it wasn't until Ed Wood and, yeah and perfect moving on it's great moving on <laughs> but there you know there was a couple of moments uh, you know uh, it was during some of the action stuff with uh, LeVar uh, and uh, and Brent and Marina and you firing the weapons and she's got her awesome moment where she she fires all the uh, a lot has changed in the last 20 years um, that was a moment I remember turning to Jonathan who was off camera with me I'm like this is pretty cool <laughs> um, we're doing this so it, it was a pretty crazy experience red alert Red alert! Yeah, you got to divest yourself of those feelings pretty easily if you're going to make your days. You can't sit there in awe of what you're doing. Todd, you're a triple threat. You're a writer, director, and actor uh, when you're not a strike. So, what, tell us a little bit about swimming. Um, <laughs> show us. And you have this Scorsese-De Niro relationship with this man. Tell Loop us a little bit about falling into uh, Scorsese Terry Metalis orbit. I like that. What yeah. was the question? <laughs> What's it like to circle? Terry Metalis. <laughs> Falling into Terry's orbit, you have a really great um, relationship. You've worked together now yeah. for a while. And yeah. uh, tell us about that initial, uh, you know, sort of meeting up and when we fell in love. We, we and... met um, 
when I was auditioning it was a blind date. for, uh, it always is, right? I mean, auditions are blind dates. Um, uh, we met uh, auditioning for uh, a, 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 the previous show that involves... It was called Simmons. 12 Monkeys, I'll say it. more fun than a barrel full yes. of monkeys, right? Yes. And uh, it was an interesting audition because on the page, uh, the character was like this tough marine and, and I was in the in the audition room and I was looking around and, and there was just like Ed Harris looking guys. Like and I'm like, I there's no way I'm gonna out tough these guys, but I will out weird them. <laughs> and so and so as I like kinda dug into the character, I was like, here's a guy who's got like 200 people that can follow him. He doesn't need to be tough. He needs to be charismatic. So he's got to be more like a cult leader and, and, a, and a used car salesman and less like, because uh, I'm six foot two with the voice of a garbage truck. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm threatening. I'm threatening. But, and so I just kind of went in there with a, with a bit of a wink and a smile and then let let the, like, the tough part just sort of speak for itself. And then immediately I walked in and Terry had brought up a show, another show that I had been on. What was the name of it? With The Riches. That's the one. Um, <laughs> and so, so, so it was, we immediately connected in the room and I did my thing and then I think I came back one more time. Uh, there was a callback for that for whatever reason. Um, but uh, that was the I beginning. I wasn't convinced. I, I wasn't convinced. I had, to, I had to do an up and a ballad. And um, <laughs> so I came back. Uh, I came back. And then I, I, I shot a few episodes in season one. And then at the end of season one, uh, I remember him coming to me and saying, we have all these ideas for season two. And then uh, he put a ring on it and made me a guest star, from a guest star to a series regular. And that was kind of the beginning. And we... We speak the same nerd, like we, we geek speak. And so we have a lot of shorthand in the room and on set when he's directing. He could just walk up and go, just Venkman this one. I'm like, right. got it, got it, got it. I know exactly what he wants. He's like, oh, this is a little Indiana Jones in this. But got it, got it. And so, so it, we've always had a shorthand and we've always had a passion for the same uh, the same nerdosphere, I would think. And so, yeah. Um, speaking of the nerdosphere, I'm wondering about that tattoo on your arm there. Pick one. That uh, is in, I believe the font is Arabesh, yes. which is a Star Wars font. It is. Uh, I can name Star Wars. No one else can. Yeah. Um, Tune in later for the font Wars. What panel. does it say? Well, it's one of my favorite lines from my favorite scoundrel, and it says, I don't know, I can imagine quite a bit. Ah. <laughs> you'll get it. Yeah, well, I, I just I like that moment in the film because it's one of the most like scoundrelly moments where he's such a rogue. Yeah. And then I like the, the 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 meta version of it is admit ignorance and then make up the rest. Yeah. <laughs> the tattoo is sweet. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. And you know, while we're on the the topic of of being nerds, I want to bring up something that I think really binds together a, a lot of people in this room, other the than their, their mutual love for that show that none of you were on and that you can't talk about. Um, and that, of course, is, is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you know, that, uh, that you, you have some well, reputation you for, for being a dungeon master. Now, my, I have a two-part question. The, the first part of the question is, does Terry play with you, number one, and number two, does, does he whine 
uh, when you do things that that he doesn't like, when you threaten to kill his character, does he? Well, is he a, kind a dungeon of a master baby never about? threatens to kill a character. Well, of course, he, they well, just the do dice it. rolls yeah. kill the characters. <laughs> um, they just the characters do stupid things. They die. Um, but no, Terry is actually. I've always survived. This is Terry's like a director a blast. actor Terry's relationship. Terry's a blast to play with, and and his character. Uh, he, he he plays character off. He plays the same character every game, and it's it's named Malarkey, and he. <laughs> He's he's as if Walter Matthau played Gandalf. Nice. So he, he's a he's a drunk. Yeah. He's a failure. Oh my God. He uh, Gandalf. He and he would be like, you shall you can pass. Yeah. No, do, do what you got. I'm not going to. Uh, I need a lozenge. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Now and, it's garbage. Yeah. yeah. And then I and and he and you know one of the early games that we played, he found a wand of wonder. If you guys know what that is, and that's just basically a chaos machine. <laughs> So, so Terry's always like, "Whoop, take it out the wand of wonder." Everybody's like, "No." Can I borrow someone's like stick where you're supposed to put your feet? It just. Oh well, thank you. What okay. Happened? What happened? All right, I'll fold it down. <laughs> yep. There we wanted go. to see if you were listening. Oh, okay. Yeah. There well, you thank go. you. You've passed the first test. <laughs> How did you we, we avoid these Gates. games? Gates. Gates would be a good... Oh, wait, we're, we're oh, Gates and I are going to play. It's on. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, nice. I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, we, we did bring Jerry Ryan in on a game. Uh, you know. She loves improvising. She's... Uh, now she's every weekend. Yeah. Just, <laughs> she's like, hi, again. Gates, yeah. just don't let them talk you into playing the cleric. It, really? it okay. sucks. Everybody will take advantage of yeah, you. Yeah, heal me, heal me, she heal me. She keeps rolling seven. And one after another. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a, a charity uh, streamed game to support uh, uh, a fight against childhood cancer at the end of September. You guys are getting a scoop. Uh, and it's going to be me, Matthew Lillard, um, Mika Burton, and uh, Tawny Newsom, and Jack Quaid. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do a streamed charity game. Uh, keep watching my Instagram, uh, and it's to raise money. So we're gonna do like a three-hour game, and there'll be things to donate. Uh, there'll be giveaways, all that stuff. So keep your eyes peeled for for Pavlov uh, fight against childhood cancer. The name of the event will be called Legends of Eleonora, uh, named for a friend of mine who lost his daughter to cancer. Uh, her name's Nora. And so uh, I do, I've run marathons for them and, and I'm doing this game in her honor. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That's sweet. <laughs> Terry, when you started to approach the cast about doing season three, getting the band back together, putting the Beatles back together, um, how much wariness was there after the experience with Stuart Baird and you know all the rumors that things would be oh one day well, you know but you start to give up you know the, you, you think Lennon and McCartney are going to reconcile and then you know so like is this ever going to happen was there wariness or did people immediately embrace the idea from the of cast reunion? not at all no uh, everyone was wonderful about it, they, it and uh, everyone certainly felt like it was the right time it was now or never. Um, so absolutely none from the cast. Uh, you know, from, uh, you know, it was definitely not the show that they had set out to make. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I think enough, uh, you know, Jonathan had come back and Marina had come back and uh, Delancey and Whoopi, and I think that really warmed 
Patrick and everybody up to, we really should do this if we have one last chance. Um, so, you know, there was some, there was some convincing, but. Do you feel it helped that you were part of the family in a sense that you had worked for Brandon all those years and worked on Voyager and knew a lot of, uh, or was it more like you would show, show run the hit show and everybody trusted you? Um, you know, uh, there's imposter syndrome even, you know, again, you, like I said, on the day, you can, you can be directing the next-gen cast on the Enterprise and still be like, oh, God, they're going to figure out I'm a fraud. Um, but that's just the artist uh, in, in all of us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was... I mean, look, I did go... I was a, a, a production assistant on, on Voyager. It's how I met Jerry in, in her first year. It's how, why we remained friends. And in that time, they would make Insurrection and Nemesis... And I would go help out, or I would sneak on the bridge when they were all there and watch them all. So I was with them all. But you know, I, illegally. I, if I can, if I can be so bold, uh, I think what I've, I know I felt, and I think most of us felt, was that Terry loved our show. What I can't, whatever I can't remember what it was the show, but it was <laughs> he loved it and he honored Bewitched. it and he knew our characters or you know and that made a huge difference uh, to actually be brought into a process. Uh, I don't know. I, I have to be careful talking here, but anyway, it was it was the fact that um, you had a very particular love of something and it. <laughs> Really, we could feel that. That made a huge difference. It was not like, I'm going to do something for me. And it, 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 it just, it was completely different. It was like, this is a chance. I, this is a dream come true. And I felt that. It's love, you know? It was great. Thank you. I mean, the, the most important thing for me was they have been living with their characters and speaking with all of you at conventions for years. So it was important that they had authorship in their storylines as well. So we would sit Well, that down show and have... was your North Star. I want to ask Gates and Todd, when you were first thinking about getting into the business, what are some of the influences you had? Movies you love, television, the kind of stuff you grew up, whether it be musicals or westerns or um, kind of what, what were the, the films and the books and the plays that inspired you? Oh, wow. I mean, oh, go ahead. I loved, uh, I just loved pretty much everything cinematic. I used to stay up as a kid and watch until two in the morning, sneak into the room when I was supposed to be asleep and watch every movie that was available. I was also like, you know, from Fred Astaire to um, Henry, the, the, all the great Grapes of Wrath, the High Noon was a huge, you know, movie for me. I loved Orson Welles's movie movies. Um, in fact, Howlin' Chamberlain, who was in one of the movies that Orson Welles directed, was an actor when I was a student at Brandeis, Howlin' Chamberlain, and he had been blacklisted in the McCarthy era. Anyway, and I also was a huge fan of Buster Keaton, mm. especially, I have to say, and of course I love the Marx Brothers, but my father looked sort of like Buster Keaton, and I had done all sorts of acrobatics and stuff, and I was just like mad for him. And then, then I, this is going to be a long story, so, but um, no, it isn't. I went Buckle to up. France later to study theater after university, and they loved silent movies. They had, Keaton was on everywhere. All of the people were there, and I got to really 
see films I'd never been able to see in the States. And I also uh, got into old European film. And it was, to me, fabulous. So I think I just was... Being in France, they honor cinema very, very deeply. And I loved all of... I, I'm very avant-garde, too. I'm, like, weird. I, I, I think that's yeah, true. So it was fantastic. Those I, I got to imagine when you were becoming a choreographer, it wasn't just the Astaire and Rogers, but Buster Keaton. A lot of these great silent stars oh. who the choreography was extraordinary. I mean, yeah. it's still extraordinary. It's but, more extraordinary than ever. Yeah, I mean, but I don't really think of myself as a choreographer. I think of myself more as a, a, a director and an actor who really uses movement a lot. It's really about that. Even directing on the stage, it's the movement more than, hey, this is a little dance step. Of course, I have used it in certain things, <laughs> like tap and stuff. Anyway, go ahead. What about you, Todd? I just wanted to be a Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, half kidding, not kidding at all. Um, no, my, like, I, I wanted to be Han Solo, Tom Hanks, and, and Bill Murray. Like, it, not even in that order. Just, just that's the, and, 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 and I look at, whenever I look at my work, because I'm just a thief, uh, I'll, I'll be watching something, and I'm like, yep, stole that from Bill Murray. Yeah, I'm just doing Hanks there. Yep, there's, there's Han Solo. And I just keep ping-ponging between all three. He's nodding because he knows. Um, um, th th that's it. I mean, I, I was just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm one of you. Like, I was a Star Wars kid. My first action figures were Kirk, Spock, and McCoy in 74. I've been pretending to be a Starfleet captain since I was six. So... So, and I was a D&D &D player in 79, role-playing and, and fantasy and Tolkien and, and all of that. So, it's all just kind of a continued extension with a better paycheck um, than I had when I was six. Um, no, I just, I'm just chasing Bill Murray. That's all I'm doing. I'm just chasing Bill Murray. Did you ever have the Micronauts toys? Oh, are you kidding me, Baron Carza? All right, Baron Supreme are. Commander? Yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah, time traveler. Fairoid? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. in okay. answer to your question. All right, good. I had but Terry has everyone beat because you have a DeLorean, don't you? Yeah, he wins. He does. He wins. Uh, no, that's not, that's, not, that's not true. I have two. <laughs> the writers are Maybe on strike, three. ladies and gentlemen. There might be a third one coming, too. Um, uh, yes, that's true. So, Terry, I have to ask you, as a, as a writer... Um, when you sat down to begin the process of breaking this insane 10-episode arc with all of the expectations that came with it, not just from the fans and yourself and from Paramount, but from the actors who may or may not have been a part of this show that they can't talk about or acknowledge. Um, when you sat down to, to put that together, obviously you couldn't do karaoke of the seventh season of Star Trek The Next Generation, right? You... You had to advance these characters. You had to find them in a place. And then somehow in the course of the story, draw a line for the audience that helped us understand how they got there while weaving them all together. Other than needing to drink a lot when you sat down to begin this. I, I mean, I'm how did you How did you get PTSD your just from <laughs> did I give you anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is the question how? Did yeah, how the it? hell did you, um, did you survive it? It's oh, God. Um... The, it was the idea that maybe you could have your dream come true if you could just get through this. You know, I really never felt like uh, Nemesis was the end for them. 
and I wanted it one It almost more. was. I know. And it just felt, um, regardless of how you feel about that film, it just didn't feel like a conclusion right. to it, a, a proper send-off. Um, so uh, when it, we're, we're doing all the things that you said, it, it was you have to kind of shut it all down and and ask yourself, what do you want to see? And, and with a room of in, brilliant and talented writers and, and that to check you on that and make, and they're all together with you on that. And you're, uh, you, you don't really have time to, I mean, you do second guess at three o'clock and four o'clock in the morning, but... Because uh, you read Twitter too much. Well, yeah, th sure. not too. then, not then. Not anymore either. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, uh, but you do, you just have to get forward or else it's not gonna get done. You know, we also were, we didn't have enough time. I also want to blow smoke and what, what Terry has is inc impeccable taste. He knows when he sees it, and he may not know why, but he'll know that's the shot, that's the instinct. He has really great instincts for delighting people. And I've, I'm going to do it. Here it goes. Steven Spielberg. No, stop. So, stop it. Stop. I'm doing you it. Delight Steven so Spielberg. I'm doing this. Stop. So oh, uh, this is my TED Talk about Terry Metallic. Um, <laughs> No, what Steven Spielberg did was he grew up watching the serials and then he turned that into Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, and Terry grew up watching this stuff and was able to go, these are the things that meant something to me, so if I reflect those things back to an audience, maybe they will mean something to them. And I just think he has incredible instincts and taste. And he cast us, so he has amazing taste. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Terry, I gotta ask you, because I can't ask them about the victory lap. We haven't talked about this publicly. We've only talked before the show per, you know, was finished. At doing all those for your consideration events, pre-WEA strike, and, 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 and getting the, the victory lap with everyone and how it was embraced uh, by so many people and the response has been so overwhelmingly positive. All the hard work must, uh, it must be very rewarding for you. Uh, it, it is now. It, it, it all the way through airing, though I was holding on because I just like didn't want the Enterprise secret to get out, even though a lot many people saw it coming. I, I, I kind of had uh, white knuckles all the way uh, uh, through through all of it. I had to uh, wait a year. Yeah, <laughs> I had to wait a year. Yeah, I couldn't talk about it for a yeah, year. We that he was even in it. Yeah. Um, uh, but you had wrapped so much earlier than when it aired. I mean, we, we, we wrapped almost an entire year before it aired. But we had, we had a lot of posts, but it was very hard to, yeah. to, uh, to do. But um, now it is lovely, now speaking with everybody here who comes up to the table, and I've, uh, I've got to meet some famous fans that I was like, you watched the thing I made, you know, so it, it that is ex it, an extraordinary thing, and, uh, you know, just even the fact that the soundtrack now, we just found out we're going to do a second volume because it was so sold so well, um, and so, uh, like, that feels really good, because we worked really hard on that, so it's been, it's been um, wonderful, I think about the best part, and I, I said this in um, Seattle, was that these are my friends now, it, like, like Gates and I, we hang out. Like that's the coolest thing ever. Like to to do that with Gates, you know what I mean? And so 
that's where it's the, the most special for me. So funny, on the Ben Stiller show, you remember that old thing? Uh, I'm friends with Scotty, and Ben Stiller was powering, uh, palling around with Jimmy Doohan. It's hysterical. It's like, now you're living it. it, it yeah, they're my <laughs> weird extended family that I see every Thanksgiving every other week. And I make jam from, the, he fruit gives from me the trees. fruit from all of his trees. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's a, pretty it's, cool. It's a cyclical relationship. It is. It totally is. I pluck the kumquats. <laughs> I hand gate the kumquats. And after a bit of time, it comes back as jam. <laughs> we are all connected in the circle of life. Yeah. Clearly, if the strike goes on too long, there's an unscripted series and all this. So. Kumquat jam. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So um, what about you, Terry? Other, obviously, Star Trek was a big influence, but what are some of the other things that were sort of seminal in your evolution as an artist? Oh, boy. Um, Anything to do with DeLoreans at all? Uh, yes. <laughs> the Back to the Future trilogy was very important to me. Christopher Lloyd is here, guys. Yeah. And it was in our show. <laughs> Uh, our previous show, uh, 12 Monkeys. But, um, uh, you know, look, all of Amblin, Spielberg, you know, like, I'm not going to say anything that's probably everybody else. Lucas, Star Wars. Um, but then, you know, there's, I, I did watch a lot of television. You know, I grew up with Cheers and Family Ties and, and following those serialized threads and, uh, on things. So there's so many... Uh, so either anime, you know, Robotech was, one, you know, the, the things like that, you know, the 1986 Transformers, the movie, where Optimus, yeah. where Optimus Prime Dare to is be dead. Yeah. I like Gates' Orson Welles stories better than your Orson Welles. Well, Orson Welles, I like his Orson final film. Yes. Hey, I also was had my job when I was in Paris. I was so poor. And I was busking on the streets and I had this job um, as a hostess interpreter that I, I actually lied to get the job. I memorized the text in French so that he thought I spoke better French. But guess who used to shop there? Orson Welles. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I know Orson. You know, I did know Orson. And John Your Frankenheimer move. would shop there in Princess Grace. But, you know, it's just riffraff. And, yeah, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to pull rank this, or anything. You drop this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Henson, Gene Roddenberry, oh, no. Orson Welles. Who Jesus else? Christ. John Frankenheimer. Right. Yeah. What's the book? When's the book, Gates? The book, yeah. Right. Yeah, write the book. We know a remote book. farm in Lincoln. If you Lincoln write it, I'll, I'll, I'll autograph it. <laughs> I'll autograph it if you guys write we'll it. Say, <laughs> Todd, favorite Sticks album? Favorite Sticks album, Grand Illusion. Okay. With Cornerstone being a, a close second, because it's got Boat on a River, no, but Grand Illusion, and it's got Come Sail Away, which is just... When I was a kid... When I was a kid, uh, listening to Grand Illusion, playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and then they got to the part where it's an ocean voyage song, which is already cool, and then they get to the end when they go, we thought that they were angels, but much to my surprise, they climbed aboard their starship and headed for the skies. Yeah. Hey, let's do a duet from the, from the group you just turned me on to. I will. We'll do some heelung. We're going to do some heelung for yeah. you, okay? Which is, it's, 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 like, it's like Nordic Viking rock <laughs> heelung. But yeah, so Grand Illusion is the short answer. No wow. Paradise Theater in there at all? 
grand illusions. Because it's all that like early stuff, all that like, and then we're not going to go to Paradise Theater. That's when it gets a little drippy and it gets a little like precious. But grand illusion, they're still, they're still progging out. That's why they didn't cast you in Mr. Roboto. Keep, come on, save that. <laughs> save that. You got Cornerstone, you got Pieces of Eight, you've got, you've got uh, Crystal Ball, come on. <laughs> so, okay, tell us about your comic book, because you've been doing that now for a while. Well, it's been a while since I did it, but it's free to read. So, uh, I was on a show, another show, about super heroes. I'm not going to say the name of it. Um, um, and it was called I, Heroes, guys. That was the joke. What? what? Uh, Nothing. And I, uh, there you go. And uh, I met the... My character was introduced uh, in, in, in comic book form. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a comic book guy. And so it was really cool to see myself drawn in a comic book. So I introduced myself to the artist. And we, we had coffee. He's like, do you write? I said, yes, I have this idea about the devil having a crisis of conscience and quitting and just going on the lam in, in Nevada, because that's what you'd do. Um, and uh, he's like, I'll draw it, you write it, we'll put out a page a week. Uh, we put it out, we would put it out a page a week for a year, collect up the comic pages. We would put it out free online. You can go to devilinsidecomic.com and read the first volumes free. Um, and uh, then we would collect it up and do a printed version of it, and then Universal optioned us and we pitched it as a TV series for a little bit. That didn't go. Then they bought a sci-fi channel. It rolled into a science fiction script that they bought that I wrote for a year and a half. And they didn't buy that, but they picked up a little show uh, that he ran that I ended up getting cast on. So everybody wins. Wow. Everybody wins, nice. but yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's. It, it was just a labor of love that kind of became a key to a lock. So make things, people. You never know where it's going to go. That's true. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And Gage, you've been doing now the podcast with um, Investigates, which you sort of launched uh, concurrent with um, Center Seat. Terry is on it, by the way. And, well, and everyone's on it. Oh. You have a good... no, not everyone. Not everyone. <laughs> There was, uh, there were, that was before you gave me the kumquats. There, the, the, uh, you know, I, there were some I just thought... But now oh, it's post-kumquat. That's true. Now I could. I could. I'm going to do the... No, if I do another one, you, you're going to be it. What do you mean if? You all heard. What was the question? You all heard. <laughs> you're a witness. What most surprised you when you were doing the pod? Obviously, it's a different muscle. It's, oh. it's like radio. Uh, you don't have to you know, worry about uh, video and all that stuff. But what, what did you... You talked to an eclectic group of people. What was it like for you being on the other side of the mic? sort of interrogating people. Well, it was weird, actually. Uh, it wasn't an easy thing. I don't think I did it particularly well. Uh, I had, well, I mean, it was a new skill. I was like, okay, I said no twice. That's my way. I'm really ridiculous that way. I'll go, no, I don't want to do that. And then, no, I don't want to do it. Refusal yeah, of the I'd call. love to do it. I'd love to do it. Um, it is. It's, you know, the power of negative thinking, and then it turns positive. It's great. But um, I learned a tremendous amount. It, it wasn't like I was a journalist and like, oh, I'm going to do an investigation. I'm not a journalist. And I'm, I wanted to... It was harder with people who I knew really well, actually, because I knew a lot of the funny stories already. I knew stuff, so it was like, what can we talk about? And I wanted them all to be different. But it was, it was easier with people I didn't know as well, actually, because I find people fascinating. Uh, and it's easy to ask questions about it. The hardest part was the editing 
I had to learn how to sound edit because I would do the edit and then I would send it off and they would, um, like, they had better software, what can I tell you? And then they would just kind of make it, uh, the resonance be better and everything. But it was really, uh, it, it was really a learning experience for me. And uh, so I, I hope people enjoy it. I hope that they, they learn about the different people. I was always blown away by how cool everybody was that I was talking to. Was and there, how everyone had different stories. Was there a Rashomon element to it in the sense that you knew these stories in a lot of cases of people you worked with and maybe they saw things differently than the way you remembered it? Yeah, except I didn't want to talk about Should we be worried? Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> unsettled by this oh, as really? well. When you is hear that, that sound of feature film. <laughs> no, I think um, we, I specifically did not want to talk about that show that we were all involved with. I, I wanted to talk about them and things that, you know, or play games with them or do things that were different. Uh, I had no idea if that was going to be appealing, but, but in the end, I think uh, hopefully it worked. Todd, no traveler, just Dungeons and Dragons. You wanted to be a space captain, and no. What's the question? No traveler. Remember that we were back oh, in the, the, tra the game traveler. Yeah, I, I played D and D, Top Secret, Gamma World. Those were the that, that was the holy trinity, and then maybe a little Boot Hill, but it was it was the the. the, the Thank you. Did you ever try to combine all four of them into one insane campaign? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Not that I know anybody who did that. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those were the, those were the holy trinity of, of games for us back in the day. And now I do Vampire the Masquerade, and there's a game called Mazes that I love, and, uh, and then mostly Dungeons & Dragons, though. Sweet. 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 That's nice. So, Terry, is it tough for you when you're playing his D&D game to give up control? No, no, it is not. <laughs> no, not on not, not a Stashwick uh, game. He, he, he's a remarkable uh, 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 dungeon master in that he takes on every role. He also has this incredible nerd lair that he built in his garage with a, with a custom Dungeons & Dragons table made just for him with his signature on it. It's available to purchase at theweatherdragon.com. Uh, you can buy the Stashwick. You can. Uh, he's got a, a dragon behind him that smokes Gary. His on name's command. Gary. Gary the uh, you know, you know so it, it, it's, it's a wonderful experience to just sort of sit back and go along on the ride. I wanted to create the 80s basement of my dreams. Right. I spent, I, I spent my adult life living the childhood of my dreams, and I wanted to have that vibe. So it has the orange shag carpet, and there's arcade machines. There's an Atari 2600. We had an orange shag carpet, too. Yeah, of course. We did. Everyone did. Of course. Did. That's, that's, that's the end. Hey, does any, are, are we going to allow any, any questions yeah, from yeah. the audience? Yeah, so I think yeah. it would be good to do some Q&A. Yeah. Um, we might, if look, as long as you, again, WGA, since he's not here on behest of the studio, you can ask. Terry, pretty much anything. With the actors, please just avoid anything that they've done specifically out of respect to the SAG rules. But you can ask me about my cats, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, there's so many things, right? Todd's nerd lair, sticks, it's all okay. Oh. Um, so if you have a question, uh, raise your hand and we'll have you stand up and talk loudly. Yeah. Your nerd basement. Do you yeah. have Vegas? What's the question? Do you have a Serwin Vegas? The Serwin Vegas? Yeah, Speakers? Oh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I have. Uh, there is. Uh, there's several arcade machines 
I have a, I have Star Wars, Tron, Tempest, and Pac Man. Um, and then there's there's a lot of toys. <laughs> there's an inordinate amount of toys and booze. There's a lot of booze. Right. Yeah. Because uh, because I I I wrote a D and D inspired cocktail book called Mystic Libations, and so I had to research. It's all a write-off. I wanted to ask you, uh, Terry, what would you think about producing a Star Trek play? Uh, start. He asked, uh, what, "How would I feel about producing a Star Trek play?" I mean, look, a Broadway musical would be the way to go, right? Um, but. Uh, it could be done. It could be done. How was Back uh, to the Future the musical? It was a blast. Well, it was a blast. I just went to Back to the Future in New York. It was but a blast from the past? It was what? a blast from the past. They make the car fly. Yeah. And think. It's um, roads. But, uh, we are. We're talking about I might do the, I'm going to do the cruise, the Star Trek cruise thing. And should I out the thing? Well, you know, we'll test. Let's, why don't we test the idea? Yeah, let's test the idea. I think currently Ed is going to be there. It's Belier's who played Jack Crusher. Beverly Crusher and uh, yeah, and there are a couple other characters and like Will Wheaton. Uh huh. And so, what? Maybe we should do a play about Wesley meeting his brother. Yeah. That was that. So that was one thing. Exclusively, I'm sure there's fanfic out there. The cruise, yeah, I'm sure there's already fanfic. So the Enterprise D set has been preserved. They, 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 it is the one set. Uh, they, now I don't know where, it's folded somewhere. Somewhere in, in, very in, safe. In, in, in storage. They got top men top working man. on it. Top, top, top men. men. Uh, the, the Titan, however, was destroyed. Uh, so if we were ever to do it again, we would have to rebuild. But yeah. That was refit. Refit. So the, the most upsetting moment what we won't mention was the demise of a certain captain. I would like to ask, Todd, are you in favor of prequels or resurrections? What do you got? <laughs> As I've always stated, uh, in the nerdiest possible way, uh, I am Aragorn and he has my sword. So at, at any point that he, he needs to call me onto the battlefield in whatever format he... Uh, he chooses to uh, bring him forth. Uh, I'm up for it. The Here's what I would say. If we ever had the opportunity to do it again, we always had a plan for Todd Stashwick. Um, and uh, I will say Liam Shaw is dead. He's dead. That version of him. Molly is dead. Yes. <laughs> That version, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was a beautiful... People are always really kind when they come up and they're like, you shouldn't have... I'm like, it's such a beautiful, poetic, karmic circle for, for that character that uh, these people are like, no, no, no. They don't Enough. want you back. Enough. Yeah. You're bringing up some trauma for them. No turning yeah, death into so a fighting sorry. chance for life. Not on this stage. We, we brought up the unspeakable. Well, there's always we the way that... Out. There's always the way that Clue did it. You could show that scene that happened and then say, or it could have happened this way. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. But yeah, so I, I'm, I will be interested. And we've, we've had wonderful conversations about uh, ways that we would see... Some, he knows. I know everything. <laughs> he knows everything. I know it all. It's cool, though. It's really cool. 
It's good you didn't tell Frakes because he would have told everyone. Just keep it between you and Todd. Yeah. I think Frakes knows. Right, Frakes knows. sir, Frakes and knows. ask. First of all, welcome to Raleigh. Thank you. Um, I ask this to your fellow Trekkie, Trekkers or Trekkies. Uh, They're all God's children. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have, what is your best fan interaction? What is best, your best fan, fan interaction? interaction? Oh. Besides this one. Right. I, for me, uh, I have, it immediately comes to mind, and it's not one interaction. Uh, the, the most humbling interaction has come from uh, veterans. Yeah, that was the, the CIA in Seattle. Yes. Yeah, veterans have, have come to me uh, and, and said that they felt seen with, the, with this character, and, and, I, and I credit the writers uh, with, with creating that space for me to live in those moments where you saw that in this character. And when veteran, veterans have been, it's super humbling. So that's big for me. I think for me, um, there were two. Uh, the first one was when I did, a, um, I thought the whole, the whole cast was invited, but I was the only one who showed up to do a one-person USO tour of Bosnia, in Bosnia. And I was the first person in and they had not even made the celebrity center, quote unquote, or anything. I mean, it was tough and uh, freezing. And I, I wore 60 pounds. I didn't wear 80 pounds of stuff, but I had the vest and everything. And, you know, when I went to this one place, so they'd fly me in the Black Hawk helicopter with two Apache escorts, which was pretty amazing, I have to say. And. I went in this one place and they, they had had a lot of action. It was kind of dangerous and it was a um, concrete factory. Uh, and so all of the tents of all of the soldiers had been assembled. So you walked in and you immediately entered into somebody's tent and then you went through another tent and it was just like straight back. And they were walking me pretty quickly and it was just straight through these empty tents. And I got to the back and they said, well, we did it this way so the guys could play basketball. Get to the back and there they are at attention, and they have some instruments, and they played the theme that from theme. that show. And I mean, it was so amazing because they were really putting their lives on the line, and it was just an honor to be there. I really learned a lot when I was there. Uh, I learned that you definitely, uh, the Air Force gets better accommodations. I'm just saying, but you know. <laughs> um, but the other encounter was, uh, I, I mean, we do have them every time. I have truly, not bullshitting you, I have learned so much from the fans. I've actually learned how to appreciate Star Trek as much as I do now. Uh, I, I really hadn't watched it when I was younger. So it was, it was big, but there was somebody who I remember, he was this very handsome guy in his 30s, and he, um, I remembered him because he was handsome. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, he, and he came up to me, and he was looking really strong, and he just suddenly burst into tears, and he was mortified, and I said, what, don't worry, what, what? You know, and he said, I, I can't believe I'm crying, blah, 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 blah. And then he gets to, you know, my parents died in a car accident, and the, 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 when I went to my first foster home, your face was on the television screen. Mm. And we always watched it every week, and it was really, you know, amazing. And I went, oh, that's wonderful. And he said, and for the next nine foster homes I lived in, you were my mother. You were my constant. And I went, wow. That, if you can, I mean, obviously it doesn't really have to do with me. It has to do with projecting what, he wished he had in his life, which is his parents, but 
I thought, wow, what an honor to be to, to, to be able to have a role model and to be part of something that is positive, that even when there's conflict, we collaborate for the greater good, that there's hope and it's optimistic and has humor. And that to me has been to, to hear stories from multi-generations, to see the grandmother and the grandkids and they all watch it together. I feel pretty, pretty honored that I can be a small part of it. Really. And I'm sure you've heard more times than you can count people saying, I went into the sciences, I became a doctor, I went into medicine because of you, which is remarkable. Well, it, it's, it, but again, it's not because of me, it's because of the whole thing that was created. And I, I get that, and that's why I'm, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful, and I meet so many cool people Really, there's so many cool people I've met just yesterday and today. Really, really genuinely interesting folks. And then they come up to you and say, I became a dick because of you and start with. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to say no because of you. Very powerful word, no. <laughs> um, you guys are all huge inspirations to us, and you talked a little bit about your inspirations growing up. So I'm just curious, if you could have a conversation any three people, who would they be? The Trexperts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Any others? That's a good one. Uh, I go, yeah, I'm not going first. You're going first. <laughs> Any three people. All right. John Williams. Okay. Oh, I got, uh, this one. <laughs> we go down the line and come back. Oh. I'm just going to say what you say. Uh, probably Steven Spielberg. And the third always has to be a fictional one from like, uh, you know, Excalibur or something. You can't Snoopy. Snoopy. <laughs> uh, that would be incredible. Snoopy. Wow. No, I, probably, I would definitely want to talk to Tolkien. I would, I would love to, you know, go have a pint in some pub with Tolkien and... And you know, I mean, he was he was a language expert and invented a language and then invented a world to support that language. Like I would just deep dive on him. I think I would love to chat with Neil Gaiman. Um, huge, huge influence on me. And then they're all authors. And then because uh, I'm very, very well read. Um, Charles, Charles Schultz. Charles, Charles yeah. Schultz. No, you're not kidding. Um, uh, and then, and then I, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Chuck Palahniuk, uh, who's an author as well. So uh, those, it's it's funny because because I'm in acting, and so uh, I I meet a lot of actors and their peers and stuff. And so the people that I'm like, like like musicians, uh, like Paul McCartney, like musicians and authors who do things that are just way outside of my realm of understanding. Uh, those are the, the magic people for me. Those are the people that I would be like nervous to meet uh, and, and would want to pick their brains of. But yeah, all the Beatles, peace and love. Okay, and uh, Gates? Well, I, I think I'd start probably with Noah and his wife and ask them about the climate change that, and, you know, get into it a little bit. Mary Magdalene, I've always been curious about her. Like, were you married to or what, you know? But, um, and then, 
Dostoevsky has always been someone who I, I adore his writing. Uh, that would be just for a start, you know, but um, yeah, maybe Moliere, you know, I, I could. You well, know, have to memorize the French first. But then, I think if yeah. I could go back, actually, the truth is, if I could talk to anybody right this minute who I would love to go out and have a drink with would be Buster Keaton right now. But he wouldn't talk back. He'd be silent. No, so. he, he would. He had a fabulous yeah, voice. He'd talk. He kind of had this, like, I loved it. Yeah. Anyway, we're so grateful to Terry, Todd, and Gates for being here. Thank we're you grateful all. for you being Thank here. You Come visit them at their booths. And we'll see you tomorrow with Eric Jenderson. Well, that was a lot of fun. That was a fun Maybe. panel. Yeah. It, it was, was a fun it panel. It was a lot more fun than it should have been. I, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm still, I'm still a little annoyed because I think Todd is totally wrong about sticks. Paradise Theater is so much better than, uh, I, I mean, I, he, he thinks the apex of sticks was come sail away. I mean, come on. That's like saying Michael McDonald is like a rock god. It's, it's, I know. You know, not to put too fine a point on it. And look, I, I love sticks as much as the next kid from I'm the eighties. But your sticks real geek cred requires you to be, uh, you know, if you're going to play D and D and all that other kind of crap, it's like then you've got to have a favorite Rush album because that's really more geeky. It's like in, in terms of the geekiness, Rush, Iron Maiden, and then Sticks. But but I, I, I don't know about Iron Maiden, but but I agree with you. Rush is much cooler than Sticks. It's yeah. Getty Lee, man, that voice. That's crazy. And they're oh Canadian. My God. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I was so funny because Todd was sitting in front of me uh, on the flight there and he, um, he had the sticks shirt on. And I'm just like, something doesn't add up, man. I just don't get it. I don't get the sticks love. And I, I, I tried to get to the bottom of that, but, uh, just how could you not? How could you not? I've been great concept albums that even that that old the vinyl album where on the front it's the theater beautiful and oh. then on the back it's you know forty years later and it's all on uh, the I, seat. I hate to bring this up, but don't argue with actors. Yeah, Never. that's true. Yeah, Never. okay. I won't argue with actors. I like great. that Todd though. Yeah, I like he's that a good Todd. Guy. He he's was a great. Guy. He's just he's just very uh, negative. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> no. He's the exact but, opposite of that. But what I'm we kidding. said yes to was great places to eat. In the oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. So, look, obviously that night um, we went with uh, Terry because, um, uh, you know, we'd been talking about, you know, getting together. Um, and we went to Sullivan Steakhouse, Sullivan Steakhouse, um, which was really weird because we went in and it was very quiet and sedate and, you know, traditionally like you would expect a steakhouse to be. And, had some wonderful, wonderful steak. I think we had the filet, and uh, Terry had the wayu, the waigu, waigu, yeah, and waigu, um, waigu, why me, why anyone? Yeah, and we were, and and um, uh, we had, you know, just great conversation, great fun. It was a wonderful night. Um, uh, the waitress who was terrific. Uh, um, what was her name? I don't remember, but she was terrific. <laughs> yeah, and we uh, and we had a, yeah, exactly. We took good care of her, but she she so we 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 closed the place down, um, and uh, my we did literally was, the health department came in and just shut so, it all but down. But then after the dinner's over, it's it's what ten o'clock, eleven or ten eleven o'clock. We step outside, and it's like, it's like the Wizard of Oz. No. It's like a maelstrom. All of a sudden, it's like. 
all this music blasting. It's like being There's dropped like, into the middle of the Lost Boys. Yeah, no, or the Red Hour. There's like paramedics yeah. everywhere. People are running and screaming. Festival! And, and festival! I was looking for the lawgivers. I mean, it was insane. And I mean, I don't know what happened. This quiet little street suddenly became, you know, a rave Not like so. it was Burning Man or something. And um, we we hurried down the block to get our Uber, but um, but it was great because we also had some more traditional Southern meals because we I think we started our first night there. We went to um, the Pit, which was right. anything but the Pits. It was um, awesome. It was awesome. They we had traditional barbecue chicken, and I think you had uh, what you they brought the hush puppies to the table. And what you have, yeah. Ashley? You, you I had, had the brisket. Uh, it was quite delicious. Yeah, the, that was uh, good. Collard greens, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think you did. Good. Very, very southern, very North Carolina, and um, and, and, and that was good. But endless, endless mason jars of uh, beverage. Yes. Everybody was in mason jars. What was that yeah. all about? I don't know. A lot I of masons, a lot of jars. But you know, it being the South, I, I thought they would be in Dixon jars. But uh, I guess that's just that I'm done. That's just uh, against type. You know, that was also we had another great Southern meal. I actually didn't come with us, but uh, we went to Beasley's, yeah. which was um, we chicken also had. Oh, I had the Southern fried chicken there, so good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, and, I had this, and I went to. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Custard mac and custard mac and cheese, and the only thing oh, we wow. were so full, we were so full. Darren and I were so full. We couldn't order dessert, which was heartbreaking because they had a cinnamon uh, a bread pudding that I if still wanted. If you had eaten the dessert, it would have been heartbreaking. Oh, my God. Totally. I just could not. I could not imagine putting anything else in my stomach. But, boy, I really wanted that cinnamon bread pudding. But we'd had the bread pudding the night before at Oro, which was yeah. the family-style yeah. restaurant we went. Now, that was pretty spectacular, was wasn't it? Love Oro it. was that amazing. Was a- and the, the weird part was that... Um, you could you could order things without even realizing that you were ordering it. You would just say it, and it would magically appear at your table. Right. Which is how we ended up with the scallion noodles. It was, but they were great. It was like everything was great. That was <laughs> that was the best part of the but meal. But they kept bringing us food. We thought we were done, and it was like, oh, here's the thing, the next thing you ordered. Here's the what? next thing you ordered. And it's like I thought we were done. Oh. And then I thought we were dead. But oh, well, you know, I, yeah. it was, but happy and dead from the. Well, from it's so funny because we kept inviting Armin Sherman, and he kept wanting to come with us. Oh, and it's something Armin. we, poor Armin. I know, and he's like, I didn't get your message, and he was so bummed. It was like every time he missed out on all the great meals. Like, um, he's like, I got your message. I fell asleep, and I got your message in the morning, and I totally would have come. It's like uh, <laughs> first rule acquisition: you know, take a free dinner. Ah, always <laughs> take a free dinner. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, to Sono, which is a, a sushi restaurant that I went to with uh, Charlie De Lazarica, who uh, who joined us on one of our panels, um, the, uh, the the 1982 panel that we'll talk about at some other point. But uh, but Sono was actually shockingly good sushi. I I, I, did, I mean it's it's not like I didn't expect to find it in in Raleigh, but I was pleasantly surprised uh, yeah. that it was as great as it was. Yeah. You know what really surprised me because I I wasn't expecting anything. Else. We had a very late panel, which will be airing in a future week with the great Eric Jendrickson. Eric is the writer of uh, Star Trek: The Beginning, um, which was never produced but um, came very close to being filmed. Um, also, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One and Part Two with Chris McQuarrie, and of course the brilliant brand, Band of Brothers. So our panel ended very late, very late. So we really didn't have time for dinner, but we went out for drinks. Out of all places, we went to the Marriott Residence Inn. We went to a bar on the roof, 
And uh, we ordered a couple of some food there, these little filet mignon bites. Oh my God. And uh, prime rib tacos. And it was remarkably good. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, it was really, really excellent. And uh, surprisingly so. And Eric is just. He's awesome. What a, what a great guy. I mean, he, the, the funny thing about him is he had reached out to us and said, oh my God, you guys are going to be in Raleigh. I live in North Carolina. Um, you know, I'd love to come down and, you know, if you have anything you want to do, you know, because I had such a great time on your show when I did it a couple of years ago. And we said, of course, we, we look, we'd love to have you. And of course, it was very fortuitous that Mission Impossible was coming out concurrent with his appearance. And, um, and it was so good to see him. Because he's just, it, it's amazing because some people you just completely bond with on, you know, when we, when we, interview them and he was one of those guys and yeah. i think he was also very appreciative because we've done more to promote that script that star trek the beginning both on the podcast and in my book the 50-year mission and i think he's genuinely so appreciative but um he's such an interesting guy i mean obviously the research that he did for band of brothers and his work with veterans remarkable and such great stories and uh just love him and, and we had such a great evening with him yeah absolutely and great filet mignon bites I, I wish I could have enjoyed them. See, when you get old, kids, you know, you uh, you stop. Like, well, some of us <laughs> stop eating when it gets when it gets past a certain hour. At least I did. But uh, but you didn't it have all the pear flatbread either, which was actually I really liked. The, Everything the pear smelled great, and I could see how much you guys were enjoying it. Um, and uh, it was just a lovely ambiance up there. It was. It was Real really. Good. It was really nice. But uh, you know, Gal GalaxyCon is great, and if you have an opportunity, um, there's uh, if you live any near Texas, uh, GalaxyCon Austin, uh, September first through the third. We're going to be there doing a bunch of panels. Um, strongly recommend you come check it out. Nightmare Weekend is coming up in Richmond. Ashley's going to be there, and then we'll all be back in Columbus at the end of the year, um, mm -hmm. which is. Uh, uh, and if you haven't been to a Galaxy Con, you owe it to yourself to come on down and check it out um, because they're really terrific events. And we've been having a great time and they treat us really well. And we've yet to find a city where we can't find good restaurants. Right. Good service on the other restaurants, hand. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember that that woman from God's Waiting Room, that 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 uh, that <laughs> woman who like she shambled over to our table at the hotel. Would you what would you like? And then it was like. <laughs> You know, and then and then she walked away and then came back. I forgot your order. Can you repeat it? And it was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then she left. And um, about two hours later, I think our food came. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't win them all. Well. She meant well. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about the last night. Remember, we went with um, Sarah to um, that wonderful, uh, what was it called? Uh, gravy. Uh, gravy, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Italian yeah. restaurant, yeah, unfortunately yeah, named, really nice. but delicious. But great you know, ambiance. That's, that's a that's a traditional uh, Italian name for uh, tomato sauce. Is gravy? Is, is that right? I did that's not know that. I learned something on today's it's show. True. Oh. And by the way, kids, you know when uh, when Mark says uh, Sarah, what he means is uh, the voice of Ash Ketchum. Yeah, from Pokemon. Right. We didn't just have, tell like, this, you know. Should I tell the story how we met her? I should yeah, tell the story. Totally. Okay, I'll tell the story because it's funny. Our listeners will appreciate this. So I was sitting next to her on the plane. 
did not say one word to her. The first thing I do when I get on a plane is put on my headphones. I don't want to have anything to do with anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to, I want to just, and, and so we're in the green room. I think it was Darren and I, right? Was it yeah. Darren and I, or was it Ashley? We're in the, it might have been Ashley first. Yeah. Okay. So we're in the green room and she comes up to me. She says, Hey, you're that asshole I sat next to on the plane. That's and correct. Her. And she goes, you were watching <laughs> Lost. I was watching over your shoulder. And I laughed and, and she said, and then, so anyway, we started talking and we had this great conversation and she said, uh, you know, and I introduced her to Ashley and, and Karen and she said, what are you doing? And I said, you know, we're going to go to dinner. You want to get, you want to come with us. So um, she came uh, w- with us to dinner the last night and uh, she was just delightful. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was the other thing. Because every 10 minutes she was going to the bath, she made me get up to go to the bathroom. So I said, this was really, I really enjoyed our dinner because I never had to get up once to let you, uh, let you go to the bathroom. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, she, she was super nice and, um, obviously, uh, has a huge fan following for the Pokemon, um, uh, that she does and just, just a delight. Including my children. Oh, cool. Awesome. So they must have been <laughs> impressed. Um, oh, yeah. so many interesting and people. Because, you know, they call GalaxyCon a festival of fandom, right? And it's interesting because on one side you have the wrestlers that nobody other than the people, the wrestling aficionados know. Then you have all these anime and voiceover actors that have this huge following, you know, that, you know, other than Ashley, we have no idea who they are. Then you have the Star Trek (laughs) people that only the Star Trek people know and no one else has any idea who who they are. So it's just so interesting because there are all these little niches but they're all enormous because the lines were crazy. Just absolutely and We were crazy. there in the middle of it. Watching yeah. it all. We were. But hey, we did have a good time um, meeting uh, listeners and meeting people who, uh, who had never listened to the podcast before but saw us on the panels and became new listeners. So if you're out there listening to this, uh, thank you for coming by and saying hello. Thank you for, for listening. Exactly. Um, it was pretty great. Well, you know, you make a really good point. We had, you know, so many people that are fans of the podcast that came by to say hello, get autographed uh, posters, to meet us and tell us how much they like the show. And of course, we're, we're super grateful for that. We're glad that you are enjoying the Trexperts and that you came down to support us at the convention. And, um, you know, we hope we'll, uh, we'll get to see you again soon. And, uh, you know, um, it, that, that, that's always the nice part of these conventions is having the chance to engage with, uh, you know, our listeners and hear, you know, what they like about the show, including our restaurant reviews, apparently very popular. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we, we want to thank uh, Mike Broder and his whole team for making us feel so welcome uh, in North Carolina. Of course, Mike uh, is joining us uh, on our Make the Trek which is um, our fabulous Kickstarter, where uh, the Inglorious Trexperts, joined by uh, legendary Star Trek actors, writers, producers, uh, visit uh, locations from many of the Star Trek series and movies. We'll be sharing never-before-heard information about them, as well as the episodes and movies they inspired. So if you want to help us make the trek, please visit us at www.makethetrek.com. You can go to Boldly Go on Kickstarter and there's some fabulous backer awards, including Ernie the Vasquez Rock. So you want to check that out uh, and uh, help us uh, make our documentary a reality. I think Ernie the Vasquez Rock is his stage name. We have to find out. What yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the problem is there was another Manny the Vasquez Rock in the union, so he couldn't use that name. So, yeah. That's why there's so many Michael Douglases. 
or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, we're so grateful for you joining us and indulging us uh, for another episode of Inglorious Trexperts. As always, you can follow us on social at Inglorious Trek and Inglorious Trexperts. Or, and please do rate us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, if you want our Trek adjacent podcast to have access to that, you want to go and subscribe on trexpertsplus.com. And the only way to listen to new episodes of Deck 78 is to go to the Inglorious Trexperts Spotify feed where you'll have access to subscriber-only content, which is where you will find Deck 78. You won't find it under Deck 78. You'll only find it under Inglorious Trexperts subscriber-only episodes. So hopefully that helps you because I know few listeners have had trouble uh, finding Deck 78. So hopefully that clears that up for you. Um, anyway, guys, I think it's time to call it quits. What do you think? I think it's uh, sure. high time to just bury this and let it live on in eternity. Cast it into the waters. Allow it to float away. I'm the steps of Mount Salea. Like a little steps. baby monkey at the end of Conquest. We're going to go there. We're going to go to Occidental University where they filmed the, the steps of Mount Salea at, uh, at Occidental. <laughs> remember. I remember. Was that a stick song? No, that was Renegade. Yeah. No, that wasn't Renegade. Was. Death, what, what was the stick song about the Desperado? But that was the Eagles, Desperado. That was it. Yeah, no, was it was Renegade, Eagles. right? It was Renegade, right? Yeah. To, to, the yeah. Renegade who had it made to something for a something. Okay. I don't know. We'll ask <laughs> Todd. Exactly, Rick. Next time we interview Todd Stashwick, we'll ask him. Ah. Okay. Uh, anyway, on behalf of Ashley Edward Miller, Darren Doctor, myself, Mark A. Altman, uh, keep on trekking ingloriously, of course. And we'll see you next Thursday.
So the story goes But somehow we missed out On the pot of gold But we'll try 